0: This is episode 184 of the Fearless Launching Show. Today, my guest is the first copywriter on the podcast, Christine Bluebaugh, and funny thing, I met her before I thought I met her. Uh, We're gonna be diving into the topic of sales pages today. So let's dive in. Hi, I'm Ann Samoylov, and I've helped some of the biggest online entrepreneurs and business owners have successful six and seven figure product launches. By working in the trenches offline to produce movies, TV shows, video games, I've discovered so many different ways to launch creative ideas. And the question is, do you have to copy what your guru says in order to have a successful launch? Do you have to use their done-for-you system in order to have success, in order to achieve your goals in business? I say no. This is the Fearless Launching Show featuring myself and an ongoing cast of characters, friends who join me in discussing business, launching, life, and balancing it all and having an amazing time doing it. Let's get into today's episode. Okay, Christine, I am so excited you're here on the show today. And so thank you, first of all, for joining me.
1: Yeah, and thank you for inviting me. It's um, definitely exciting to be here and chat with you.
0: Yeah, you know, I first of all, I want to say that you are and I I mentioned this before, but I got to say it again. You are the first copywriter we've had on the show.
1: And, you Woo-hoo. know, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled for that title. <laughs> whoop, whoop.
0: Yeah, you're the first here. And I want to <laughs> say that I, I literally and I, 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 I think this is how I discovered you. But I really believe that I discovered you on Instagram. That's um, when I first started watching you. But maybe I mm-hmm. did, Maybe you know better than me. But that's, I do actually. Yeah, um, you do.
1: So we met in person in Seattle. Probably, oh, my God. Like, Six years ago oh very god. briefly at an event um, I can't even remember what it was called oh my god I'm so
0: that is so oh, funny. I don't even
1: yeah don't even it was like it was super brief and we were in like a group of people so I don't like expect you it wasn't like super you know intimate or anything but um and wasn't it yeah like, I don't know it, I wasn't think think
0: space or is it a work co-working space
1: uh, and yeah, it was at a co working space. And um like Daniel Laporte was there speaking. And oh my gosh, other people, do you know what I'm talking yes, about?
0: I know. And it was downtown. There was, was like, downtown, a, like there was Pioneer a, Square. yes, actually, that was a really interesting night. Oh, yeah. Or night. I Oh, my gosh. See, I'm so introverted that I literally go inside a shell when I'm out. And I'm like, Hello, mm. hello, hello, hello,
1: hello. <laughs> totally fine. Um, <laughs> but then that maybe, is so cool. Maybe we were, maybe we hooked up at, like friends on Facebook after that or something. I don't remember. But th- we didn't really have much contact until I don't even know much more recently on through Instagram. So, yeah,
0: that is so exciting. Now, of course, I'm going to be like digging into my like Facebook past and looking <laughs> and figuring this out. That is so cool, though. So, were you based up in Seattle then?
1: yeah, I lived in Seattle for twelve years. um oh my God, <laughs> yeah, so yes.
0: <laughs> and you do not live in Seattle now?
1: I do not now I'm in Columbus, Ohio, which is this is my home state and near where I grew up.
0: Oh my goodness yeah i I don't live there either. We just moved back to Los Angeles last fall. so oh, cool. Yeah, but I miss it. I mean, because I do think that Seattle is such a, you know, it's such a nice, cool city, I -hmm. think. And I, Mm -hmm. I mean, I enjoyed our six years there. So Mm -hmm. I must that that must have been when I first got there. Maybe. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was probably around like 2013 ish. Wow.
0: Wow, girl. Wow. Okay, so I'm (laughs) reeling right now. I'm just gonna like, hold that in for a little bit. I'm gonna think more about it. But okay. I love that. I love that. So for me, like I was just like following you. I've been following you now on Instagram and following your stories and you have copy tips. And, you know, I just like I just like what you share over there. So I you. you know, I just you know, I like your calm kind of demeanor and all that. And so and of course, I think I even reached out to you. But in my normal flakiness of crazy life, I didn't get back to you about and again, see, guys, I'm myself right here um my inability to sometimes (laughs) follow through but I know that like I saw you and I like I really just love the way you presented yourself just like real
1: real thank you yeah Yeah. I appreciate that that's actually like kind of one of my core values is just kind of being down to earth and just myself so I appreciate that
0: yeah, and so if you guys, I'm going to put her, all links to Christine in the show notes so you can head over there and anything we talk about today. Um I'm I definitely have your Instagram profile linked up so that people can, you know, get to know you and kind of hang out with you too while you're sharing awesome. stuff. Awesome. So um. So this is amazing. So today I figured I would bring you on because, okay, so I'm teaching a, we're guiding a group of people more like a coaching program through creating all of their messages and communication for their upcoming launches. And a lot of people are at the creating their sales page kind of phase, even mm-hmm. though they've they've started the work, but they're really sitting down now and trying to figure out, you know, everything that they know about their audience, and how to put that into words. And so I figured, you know, this would be a great conversation to have with Christine, because I feel like you're not like, um, the, like you said, you're like very down to earth, real, like, kind of very, even tempered, it feels like from the outside, even though you might think, (laughs) "Mm, sometimes I'm not. Um, so I would love to first, before we get into all that, tell us Mm -hmm. more about you and Mm -hmm. what you do. Like what, what does Christine do on a, on a regular basis? Like what are you up to?
1: Yeah. So, well, thank you for that. Um, all those kind words. I appreciate that. And so I am a sales copywriter, um, which means that I focus on like sales specific, copywriting. Uh, I do primarily one-to-one work with uh, online service providers and course creators. So I work with a lot of coaches and consultants and then people who are transferring that um, expertise into digital products and courses. Um, And I focus on uh, landing pages, sales pages, email sequences. Um, So I do a lot of launches and um, evergreen funnels and then also standalone sales pages are like my main, they're my main squeeze, they're my favorite thing. Um, And yeah, so that's kind of like the business side of thing. And my goal is to really help people approach sales copy in a way that doesn't feel gross and icky. And you know, people, I work with a lot of people who like, one of their biggest fears is sounding salesy and turning people off. So I talk about like putting more soul into the sales process and focusing on copy that really connects with my clients audiences so that they can build like genuine connections and, you know, inspire people to with their offerings instead of feeling like they're just pushing stuff on people and having that like, you know, Used car salesman, last chance, Mm -hmm. like get it now. It's never gonna be this cheap again. Like, yeah, you know, kind of vibe. So that is my that's my goal, and hopefully, I'm helping people achieve that.
0: I love that. Um, You know, as as you were talking, I, I was just thinking. I think now, like right now, I don't, and I think it's. I I'm glad it's like this. I think that we're all, and perhaps people in this. World that we're in of people building their businesses online and all that. Maybe we're even more hyper aware of it. But I think Mm -hmm. in general, people are tired of the, they don't want to feel like they're being sold to and they want it to feel kind of just, yeah, I really like what you're doing. How can I? be in that or be part of that and I think that there is um there's something that uh, a friend of mine and I were talking about sales and how kind of like in film there's the fourth wall where you don't know it's there but it's there Mm -hmm. um and when people go through it you're aware of it people want to not be aware that you're selling to them sometimes I Mm -hmm. think so I I actually love this because it does feel more more human to mm-hmm. connect with people instead of thinking, how am I going to sell to them? How am I going to mm-hmm. push this on someone?
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so I don't know what you think about that.
1: I completely agree. And I, I keep reading more and more articles and blog posts and things about kind of like the launch fatigue and how people are just kind of tired of the old way of selling. And I think it's been kind of kind of slowly happening, but I think it's picking up pace now that people you know, online business is becoming so much more prevalent. And even if you're a consumer, and you're, you know, getting messages from businesses, like people are just tired of the constant, yeah, constantly feeling like they're being sold to, like you said. Um, And I think that there, it's not that people aren't interested in buying things, because they are and they want to get help, you know, like, I work primarily with service providers, so it's mostly like helpers, you know, people who are helping people and people want that help, but they, they want to receive it in a way that feels good. And I think honestly, like most of those service providers, like they want to feel like they're providing it in a good way. They don't want to feel like gross about the way they're getting people into their programs and things, you know? So it's definitely shifting and, I just, I want to help people be a part of that. And I, you know, I think that it's going to move that direction more and more.
0: Yeah. And I think that also, um, just uh, around this sales discussion, I mean, the thing that I've seen just feel like it's happening more and more is that people want to, I mean, I mean, I personally want someone else to kind of be self selecting what they want and what they don't want. And I want to feel like I empowered someone to make that decision, whether it's me or not, mm-hmm. and whether it's something I'm offering or not. So I just feel like more and more people being given that opportunity to kind of choose. And I think that's, I mean, I, I don't know, I feel like this is like a bigger conversation, maybe about social media and how that's changed, you know, people's mm-hmm. buying, Patterns and decision making and stuff like that. But I'm always about, hey, this, I just want to give you all the information so you can make that choice for yourself.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't think anybody wants someone to buy their <laughs> program and then be like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have bought this. You know, <laughs> I, know <laughs> I, right? I don't want to be in this one to one coaching program with this person. Yeah. Like,
0: I'm not I sure mean, here. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I think that. It's way more powerful if we just, like, help people make a really good decision, like you said.
0: Yeah, I like that. So before we go into sales pages, I mean, I do want to – because I downloaded your sales copy workbook. I don't even know what the exact name of it is, like Five Steps or something, Five Steps to a Better Copy or – But I would love, I would love to know, like, before the sales page, where are some other places where we're potentially doing this selling?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really all kinds of places. If you're an online business owner, then almost any like written message that you are putting out there is part of your sales, like funnel, quote unquote, like in the larger sense, Um, but I think that, you know, when, anytime that you're creating like a landing page to your free gift or, um, you know, a, a services page on your website or even social media posts where you're talking about something that you do and inviting someone to take the next step, then you are writing sales copy and you're kind of, you know, you're getting some practice, you're getting, um, the opportunity to test language Uh, that you can then apply to something that's, like, longer and meatier, like a sales page for a program. So, um, you know, emails are another really good um, example of that. So, you know, when you're doing these smaller, um, you know, written projects and you're sending these things out to your community, you can really pay attention to what's working and what's resonating with people. Uh, A great thing to do in emails is to ask people to respond, like, give them that call to action to reply and let you know like what's resonating for them. And you're kind of using all of that to to practice your writing skills, to gather uh, data from your from your audience about what's working and, you know, what's leading to people booking calls with you or whatever. And then you can apply that language and those skills that you're picking up to these longer things like sales pages, which can sometimes feel like intimidating.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking calls to action how important is it to be already making calls to action in all these kind of I guess I don't want to call them necessarily smaller like they're less important but uh, how important do you think it is to be already making calls to action whatever they are like go see this tell me what you think of this download this how important is that as we kind of move towards our launches really
1: the short answer is it is so important. <laughs> uh, and I think this is something where a lot of people get a little bit scared. They don't want to sound like I said before salesy. So they don't ask people to to take the next step. And I think, you know, this is probably more so with people who are a little bit more, you know, at the beginning of their business um and kind of like testing the waters and getting a feel for the whole thing. But, So many people just they never say like, hey, go click this link and download my thing or hey, you know, go check out this blog post and leave a comment or click, you know, message me and book a call so we can, you know, talk about this or whatever, because they're afraid of turning people off. But like, a lot of people are going to want to work with you because you know, you're sharing your story, you're sharing how you help people. And, you know, you have to tell people how to take the next step, you cannot leave it up to them to figure it out. Because attention spans are way too short. And if people have to hunt around for what to do next, they just won't do it. Mm, So it's very important to say very clearly. And specifically, this is what I want you to do. And you're not crossing any lines or being obnoxious by doing that, like you're giving people the information they need to get your help and take the next step.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm curious, like, do you feel like, do you think using some sort of call to action every single time you do something, let's say on a, let's, let's just take Instagram, for instance, when you're doing stories, do you feel like you should have, <laughs> like, what's the balance? How often, like how often, or should you just do yeah. it sometimes? You know, because I think that getting, that getting started place is where people kind of get a little bit antsy.
1: Mm-hmm. So I so I there's different kinds of calls to action. So I think that's something that everybody needs to kind of keep in mind. It doesn't necessarily mean at the bottom of every post you're saying book a call, book a call, book a call. <laughs> uh, you can say like you can ask a question and say you know tell me in the comments. That's a call to action. You're you're creating engagement with your people and you're starting a conversation. Or you might say click the link in my bio and download a free thing. Or You know, you might say, um, you know, I talked about this in my Instagram story, head over there and check it out. Like anything that's asking people to take another step is a call to action. And it might be something where you're asking a little bit more of them, like book a call or give me your email address. Or it might just be like, hey, what do you think about this? Tell me so we can talk about it.
0: Yeah, I like that. I I like that it call to action doesn't necessarily mean sign up for my thing. It Mm -hmm. could mean, hey, what do you think about this? And I, I really like that. And I think that people, I mean, at first, it can be difficult, I feel like, getting people to answer, but you just got to keep mm-hmm. asking. You just got to keep mm-hmm. asking.
1: Yep. Yeah. And people will answer and always, you know, keep the conversation going. Always reply when people see that there's already someone else who's commented, they're way more likely to comment, um, that sort of thing. So, you know, just be the, be the start of the conversation.
0: Yeah, you know, just in general about questions, something that I learned recently, I was a mentor on a program, and I noticed like a huge difference between the last time the program was happening, and this time, and I realized it was because everybody was getting their questions answered. So that encouraged more people to participate in those conversations, and then ask their questions. When people know they're going to be listened to and heard, mm-hmm. they're going to, they're going to, enjo- they're going to, you know, engage a little bit more.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
0: Okay. So now that like once once you kind of get into that groove of your calls, you know, doing various call to actions, and just getting yourself, I guess, in front of your audience, however that is for you, being consistent and and maybe practicing in these other places that you've mentioned. And guys, if you want to download this workbook, um, it's really amazing. And I think it's really just useful to just go through and just say, okay, um, here's, here's some things that I can do kind of inva- in advance of even my sales page. Um, so definitely check out the show notes so that you can grab that um, for yourself. But I want to talk specifically about the sales page creation kind of that that whole, because it feels like a beast. Even as I'm Mm -hmm. saying it out loud, I'm thinking of the fact that I was recently hacked. I'm going to have to recreate the Fearless Launching sales page. I'm like, do I have, I mean, no, I have the, I have the content, it's in a Google mm-hmm. Doc somewhere, but I'm like, wow, this is an opportunity. But then when I think about the opportunity to revise it, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. And I have like a few other things that don't even really have sales pages. And I know that I need to kind of focus on those. But, you know, are there things, first of all, like that you suggest doing before you even sit down to write your sales page or... To figure out what, how, you know, if you're going to do a long form sales page, if it's going to be more of like a video with like, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you tell people before or when you're working with people, how to kind of prepare for that?
1: Yeah. So I guess first, I guess we could address sort of like the, you know, like the style of sales page or like the length. Um, And I think that typically like the rule of thumb is like the higher the investment for, what you're selling, probably the longer the page is going to be because someone who's making a $50 purchase probably doesn't need as much information as somebody who's making like, you know, a $10,000 purchase. Um, So that's kind of something to keep in mind, you know, if you're selling an ebook, or, you know, maybe like a masterclass or something, and it's less than $100, like your page doesn't need to be like epically long, uh, you just need to, you know, convey the value and, you know, just have sort of like the basic information. But if someone's going to make like a significant investment, they're going to want a lot more information. So that's something to keep in mind in terms of like what to include, like video versus, you know, other styles. I think that um, that's going to depend on you as a business owner and. You know, is video something that you incorporate into your business? And, you know, are you comfortable, um, you know, with that and, you know, talking about your offer in that way? Um, there's no like, there's not necessarily like a you have to do it this way. Right. Um, and I think also with sales copy, like one of the biggest things that a lot of people don't think about is that like testing things is really important. Because, you know, something you may, you know, put a sales page out and it it doesn't do that well and you can make some tweaks and then it changes everything, Um, you know, so you kind of have to see like what's going to work for you and your audience.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just want to interject that a client a while ago, I mean, this was several years ago, a client had a long form sales page, and it was a program that I think was maybe 2000, I can't remember, Mm -hmm. um, specifically, but we also did a version of the page that was a video with very Mm -hmm. little text underneath, because um, having the person deliver what was essentially in the long form sales page on video was more powerful. And Mm -hmm. we did, but that was something we had to test. We didn't know that necessarily going into it, that Mm -hmm. which one was going to convert better um, into sales.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think testing can seem a little overwhelming for people sometimes, but um, if if you're really going for conversions and what's going to perform the best, like it's kind of an essential part of the whole process.
0: Yep, it sure, it sure <laughs> is. Okay, so style aside, I yeah. mean, um, before before you kind of get the the one thing I wanted to ask, and I guess this is not really style, but I I know that in the past I've I've worked with people and I've seen people have, you know, they have their one page that has all the things on it. Let's say you've got you're like, okay, we're doing this long form, mostly text based and graphics and whatever sales page. Mm-hmm. But we've also seen that that person also has kind of uh, not just the one page, but has multiple pages, kind of a sales site. And the Mm. the idea was, you know, like you said, people want to feel like they are making an informed decision. And Mm -hmm. so having a few different sites, I mean, a few different pages, let's say the there's a separate testimonial page, there's a separate kind of case studies page, there's all these other kind of things that they can click around to and really make sure that they feel informed. I'm curious, like what you've seen, if you've seen that just like one page works, or having those multiple pages, does that add any value?
1: I think that my personal belief, and I have not personally been a part of any launches that used a multi page. Um, kind of sales site. Um, but I feel like you want to make things as simplified as possible for people. Okay. Um, and so like, I think that having as much stuff on the one page is the way to go just to like avoid confusion. Um, so like, I, I don't, I wish that I had like some personal experience with the other style so that I could like make them, you know, like a more informed, um, comment. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely something that I'm going to look into now that you've mentioned it and kind of see if I can uh, get some find intel. out like, <laughs> yeah, find out what kind of results people are having with that, because I, I would definitely be curious. I feel like something that I see a lot in launches is, you know, you have your sales page, and then people might do like a webinar that's like a case study webinar, uh, yeah. where they're introducing, you know, past um, students or clients and talking about their results or They might have like a video series or something that has those things. So like once it's as part of the funnel, once people have opted in for something, Um, so yeah, I'm so there's that. Yeah, I'm curious
0: about that just because. But I I feel like what you're saying about simplifying the process for people, I feel like that makes sense too, and I and I do think that like with web you know, web technologies and different things that it's easy to create a one page that does feel like that you're able to still like have everything kind of on one page and the navigation mm-hmm. and all that. But we're not talking about the web stuff today necessarily. Right. But I was just curious if that you'd worked with anybody who had that multi-page kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it's not so, come up for me yet. Well, that's that's
0: that's telling. That's telling. Yeah. So um, interesting. Okay, so now talk, I mean, after like the style, let's say, I mean, do you even really work with people on that style? Or do you try to get the content? That's really the message that's going to be on the page? Is that really your focus?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I would say it's kind of both because I definitely am my number one priority is like, what's the message. Um, But if someone comes to me and says, like, I want to do a video, then we'll work on a video script, you know, and if they're just wanting like the, I'm going to call it traditional style of sales page where it's like text and graphics and, um, and that sort of thing, then that's, well, you know, that's the focus that we'll, um, that we'll do moving forward. But definitely the number one priority is message. And I think that holds true if you are working with a copywriter or if you are writing your own copy Um, you know, I would say you had asked me before, you know, what are some things to do to sort of prepare before you start writing. And I think, like, making sure you're really super clear on what you're offering, you know, and everything that's included with it, the benefits of it, you know, all of that, who you're offering it to, you know, and everything that's going on with them. So, you know, where they're at when they first come, you know, into this, into your funnel, where do they want to be, what's holding them back, you know, what's possible for them. And, um, and then your own kind of your own story, your own message, your own philosophy, why they, you know, why should they buy from you? Why should they work with you? Uh, like being super clear on all of those things before you do any writing so that you aren't like trying to figure stuff out as you're, putting words on the page, like it's much easier to just kind of have all that stuff to reference as you're writing.
0: Yeah. I mean, for I wanted to just say that, and I shared with this, shared you, sh- bleh, shared this with you before, <laughs> but that I, that I always, you know, there's, there's kind of like a, I, I don't have them off the cuff right now, but I do have kind of questions that people are going to need to kind of answer and then you know, to get to know their audience, their ideal mm-hmm. who person for this offer. And then once they have those answers, it makes it a whole lot easier. And I think a lot of what you mm-hmm. were just sharing, those are some of those things that you kind of once you have that stuff, it's like you walk in with your kind of like, you know, your study materials, and you can just get right to it. But mm-hmm. trying to figure that out on the fly is not very fun. And yeah,
1: Yeah. And, you know, that's part of the process when I work with people one on one, like we spend a good amount of time, depending on the size of the project, we might spend like 90 minutes to two hours, like really talking about ideal clients and messaging and story and all of that stuff so that I'm super clear on everything before I start writing. And then, you know, I even like all if people have testimonials, if they have, um, like, survey data that from where they pull their audiences and stuff like I collect all of that I look for messages within all of that all before I do any writing so um, that kind of like research phase is a lot of copywriters say that that's like the bulk of the process.
0: Mm-hmm. Well you know what's interesting is that I um, a few years ago there was a, a fearless launcher who said do I really need to talk Basically to, I can't remember how many people she was going to, that I told her that she should at least be talking to in her audience because she had past clients. She's like, do I really need to talk to them? And my answer is, yeah, you do. Mm -hmm. Actually, this is not a skippable step. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I like, I like the idea of going in prepared. Um, but of course I've got to say like, even when you go unprepared, there can be a little bit of anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. When you go Mm -hmm. there, you open up your Google doc or your whatever file or whatever you're working in and you're Mm -hmm. like, okay, where the heck do I start? And I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if you have any,
1: um, advice. (laughs) I do. Um, (laughs) because I will say that even as a professional writer, like I sometimes like will struggle with a blank page. Um, and it's, I will tell you guys like I never sit down and start, like, write a sales page from beginning to end. I never go, like, perfectly in order writing every single thing, like, from beginning to end. Like, that is too overwhelming, and I would get too caught up in, like, details um, as I'm going. So I've created kind of a process for myself that I'm happy to share with you all. I would love to know.
0: (laughs) I would love to know. I would love this.
1: So I know kind of in advance what the basic structure of the page is going to be. And I divide it up into sections. So, you know, you've got like at the top, you've got like the the title of the program and a tagline, you know, and you've got a section that's like, you know, where are they now? And where do they want to be introducing your offer, Uh, the benefits of the offer, what's included, you know, you have call various calls to action, you have testimonial sections, you know, FAQ sections, and this kind of varies to, you know, from project to project, but I kind of know what the structure is going to be. And I do all my writing in Google Docs. So I open up my Google Doc, and I kind of I use just like the horizontal line tool, and I create these sections, and I label them first, then I go through and I fill in what's what's known. (laughs) And I call, (laughs) and to me, what is known is like the name of the program. Um, you know, the, the specific features of the program, you know, so it has like 12 videos and six group calls and a Facebook group or whatever, like those things are like concrete. Um, and then, you know, I might fill in like, uh, the bonuses and the questions that I'm going to ask in the FAQ section. Um, You know, and then I'll go back through and I'll, I'll start working on headlines and I'll create headlines and subheadlines for sections. And I kind of keep making passes through the page, um, basically until I have it all filled in.
0: Okay. So so I gotta just tell you, Christine right now, I'm like, okay, you write your, uh, this is so random. You write your, you know, you write your sales pages the way that I plan. Cause I do, oh, this, yeah. I kind of don't, I don't just go like, okay, that's is your timeline. And I go down through it. I actually go through like categories and then I'll just kind of keep working. It kind of just like keep going through it. It's almost like making passes and looking for things that maybe I missed or mm-hmm. that I can go deeper on. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, total side note. I was like yeah,
1: laughing when it's, I heard that. It's kind <laughs> of like creating an outline and then filling in the outline. Yes, Exactly. The other thing that I always do, and this has taken me some time and some practice to be okay with, but I give myself permission for the first draft to suck. And (laughs) so in the past, I would always try to make it perfect, like on the first try. And that's just way too stressful. And it's like, I would get too caught up in you know, individual sentences and things. And so what I, when I, as I'm making these passes, I'm just okay with the fact that I know I'm going to go back over this. And it's, so it's okay if the language that's on there in this, this first round, it like, if it's not good, like I'm fine with that (laughs) at this point. Um, And, you know, most, (laughs) I would say most, most writers will say that, uh, you know, the, the first draft is, like never like great, you know, it's, uh, it's all about the revision process. So I give myself permission to suck. And then I, you know, get the, I get everything on the page and then I'll let it sit for like at least 24 hours. Then I come back and I start revising. I start like, you know, making the language, giving it more personality, like, and I found that at that point, like I've already spent so much time in the mindset of this offer and message and story and sales page that like it's, it's given me some time to like marinate on ideas and I found that it's a lot easier to come up with better language at that point. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of something else that works for me.
0: Yeah. I really love that because um, it's, it doesn't the, the writing process of like the first draft, it can totally suck. Um what do you think about I mean cuz I know that when I I'm writing out something I'll generally I'm like I'm I'm literally giving my per, myself permission to just write as much crappy content as I po- like words mm-hmm. and just things that don't even make sense just like get it mm-hmm. all out of your system cuz once you get it out like you you do sometimes have to dig personally a little bit before you really can then um writing more is better than for me writing less like I just like let it all out
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think here's the thing, you have to kind of experiment and see what's going to work for you. Yeah, some people, some people prefer doing like one big brain dump, and then going back and organizing. You know, I do this sort of outline method, because that's what works for me. Um, I think another thing, like, and this is this goes for me even now, when I first sit down to write, it feels a little start and stop, usually, but then like, I, you know, after like an hour, I'll be like, okay, I'm like more in the zone and it's starting to flow a little more easily. And I think getting over that initial hump of discomfort of this doesn't feel easy is like the that's the battle. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: <laughs> it definitely is. Now, when you're going back, um, let's say after that first 24 hours, there, mm-hmm. there I did have one question about yeah. just in general, like Are there any sections that you feel like you really, like, want to focus on? You know, are there any aspects of the page that you really spend more time on, like, connecting with their, you know, their pain or the bigger or the benefits or the outcomes? Like, what sections do you find yourself going back
1: to? Mm -hmm. You basically named them. So I think... okay. (laughs) So, like... For me in my opinion like the the parts of the sales page like yeah it's important to tell them like the features and what's included and like yeah it's important to tell them like what your refund policy is or whatever but like the parts where you really want to focus the most are the parts where you're really connecting with people and that's where you're you know you're um kind of talking to them about like where they're at right now and like letting them know like reassuring them that you know this is you know, they're in the right place and, you know, helping them see what's really possible. Yeah. And those parts are why it's so important to actually talk to your audience because you're going to get the best examples and language straight from their mouths that you can then just fill right into those parts of your sales page. Um, and that's, you know, when people read their own words on a page, that's when they're like, Oh, my gosh, like this person really gets me, I want to work with them. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then benefits. So letting people understand like, how your offer is really gonna help them transform them change them, you know, why what's in it for them? And why should they care and pay attention?
0: Yeah, I mean, I really love that. And actually, there was another person who was asking, you know, what does a person reading sales copy experience that we need to be aware of? And I think that what you just said really connects with that. They're looking kind of for themselves, I would think. Mm-hmm. You know, they're looking for the hint that they're that this is for them. And when they see those words, their own words, you know, they're like, okay, mm-hmm. this is for
1: me. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I love that. Um what do you what would you say to someone who is not a copywriter? Like I love this whole the process that you just laid out, but what would you what would you say to someone like as far as like how to how to really like, I guess get better at this whole sales page copy when you're not trained yeah. to do this?
1: Yeah, so um I think like, you know being gentle with yourself and understanding that it's like anything, you know, you're not going to sit down on a piano for the first time in your life and just brilliantly be able to play. Um, you know, it takes practice and if you're willing to put in some time and effort and do that practice, then you can learn it. Um, you know, if you're not willing to put in that time and practice, then you can outsource. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you know, if you are, if you do want to learn, I mean, they're obviously the internet is full of resources <laughs> yes. and something that I did, um, that helped me really learn was pay attention to other people's pages and kind of see like how they're connecting with people or how they're structuring the page and, you know, how they're, um, you know, just wh- how they're, how they're speaking to people and how they're doing that writing and, I'm absolutely not condoning plagiarism of any kind, so please don't do that. but like you know, just kind of kind of like studying a little bit yeah what successful you know business owners are doing on their sales pages and then using some of those concepts, not the words, but the concepts on in your own writing,
0: yeah, I mean that's the thing I. I remember doing as well, I realized that there were lots of different types of products, not even just in online courses, but in other industries where I noticed I liked something about a page. And so I would kind of just take note of that and think, oh, I wonder how I could add that kind of a section maybe to my sales page. Mm -hmm. And when you're looking at bigger companies, this is what I, I mean... I mean, and I again, this is absolutely no call to copy what somebody else is doing design wise, even, but I think that people, companies that have big marketing budgets are testing lots of things. So Mm -hmm. if after a while, you see a page not really change, it's likely because they've tested it, and it is working in some way. Mm -hmm. And so, and to look at that, the format almost like the order even of the way that they're talking about things on the page Mm -hmm. and just kind of being curious about that.
1: Yeah, that's, that's actually a really smart idea. um, A really smart tip about like paying attention to, you know, people who have the budget to test for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, because most, I mean, I don't have a marketing testing budget or optimization mm-hmm. budget. I am that. So mm-hmm. I have to be mm-hmm. kind of doing my own research on that. Um, no, there was a, there's a funny question that someone had in like, and honestly, I feel like, I don't know, I'm going to ask you what it is. Like, okay. is there, this is this is specifically from a person, like, what do you say you need to do with every single sales message like deeper than going to your ideal customer avatar and I something I haven't heard before Mm. that's what the person says and I'm like that's where you need to go is your person the person Mm -hmm. that you're creating this for am I Mm -hmm. wrong in that is there is there something deeper that maybe they're digging for
1: I mean I I don't know if they're I don't I feel like that is that's where you like you start with who you're talking to and what's going on with them and how can you speak to that, you know, in relationship to what you do and what you offer. Um, I, I don't know that there's really anything beyond that. I mean, that's kind of,
0: I mean, that's, that's the goal, right. Is to be able to be speaking directly to the people that you're trying to, you know, serve and you've created this offer for, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's what that, when I saw that I was like, well, that is pretty deep. If you can do that, that's yeah.
1: actually deep. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that person might be overthinking things a little bit. I think really it's just about, you know, creating connection with your yeah. audience. I you mean, know?
0: certainly there are books like um, that I've seen that are called like Words That Sell, like different, mm-hmm. you know, may, maybe ways that you structure your l- language. But when it comes down to it, using the language of that, you know, person is the thing
1: yeah yeah I mean the purpose even in you know words that sell like the purpose of those words that sell is to connect in some way to the person that you're selling to exactly
0: (laughs) exactly oh my goodness um okay so when do you know when your sales page is kind of like ready are there any things are any tests you do with it like do you read it out loud do you I don't know, do you have any other tips for kind of making sure that you've kind of hit all the points and all the things that will make the page work, convert, whatever you, whatever words you think you might want to use?
1: Sure. Um, I mean, I know kind of from experience when a page is done. Um, but I think that if you're writing your own copy, I think that it's smart to get another set of eyes on it, whether that's, you know, someone from you know, a mastermind, or even just like a business bestie, somebody else who can kind of see your blind spots, uh, and have someone like read over it. If you can even have someone who is like actually your ideal customer read over it, and give you feedback, like that would be the most ideal situation. Um, You know, if that's not possible, then at least someone else who understands, um, you know, sales a little bit and can give you some feedback.
0: Or maybe even someone who knows, like it knows your ideal customer. Mm, mm-hmm. You know who who that yeah. is, and maybe even has like some some knowledge of your business. I mean, I do think having somebody cold read it is definitely a good idea because you can uncover things that just are lacking clarity or are mm-hmm. just stated weird and sound yes. bizarre. And sometimes you just don't know those things until you have just fresh eyes on it. Mhm.
1: Yeah, and I think it kind of depends on who your target audience is. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, if you're selling to the masses, then, you know, you want to make sure that like your grandma could read it and understand. Um, you know, if you're like a B2B, then, you know, obviously like the person you're selling to is probably a little bit more would understand a little bit more like jargony type stuff, so um that's something to keep in mind.
0: Yeah. Um, tell me like, okay, so once you have this sales page, I know that's mostly what we're talking about today. But um, when you're working with people, do you let them know? You know, do you, are there other things that you do in terms of using, you know, like once that message is really, you've spent all that time crafting it. I mean, I really fully believe that that's where everything can start. Like with other messages that exist around Mm -hmm. your launch, like social media, Mm -hmm. like your webinar, you might, Mm -hmm. there might be a section where you pull out a really key piece that then you bring back into, I don't know, like even a podcast. So I just feel like, is there, do you ever talk to people through that piece as well? Or?
1: Yeah, so I've worked on in the last year, I've worked on at least a dozen launches. And I always write the sales page first. Um, before, you know, writing any email sequences, or, you know, if I'm writing social media for them, like before any of that happens, because so the sales page has your entire has everything on it, you know, it has your ideal client, it has your offer, it has your story, it has just everything. So what's great is once you have all of that language, you can like, like the main your main messages are already created. So when you do go to write emails and social posts and stuff like that, you're kind of drawing from that sales page, you're already kind of you already know what the what the message is. And you, you know, not necessarily are like pulling from it like word for word, but like, it's a lot easier to write everything else once you have that core message, dialed and figured out and on that page.
0: Yeah. And I mean, and I do see some people just, you know, pulling graphics from their sales pages, mm-hmm. doing yeah. doing that as well. And I, I just think that it makes so much sense. Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just find people when they're creating their communication, you know, even myself, sometimes I forget this very fact get the sales page solid, and then start creating, you know, then go back maybe to your emails and say, okay, where can I, this, this is a really important message. Because truth is, a lot of people, I mean, we know this, when they go to their sales page, some, I mean, I even do this, where I'll just go flip, 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 and they have, they've missed it. Mm-hmm. And not to say that that's always going to happen. But that's an even more important reason, I think, to include it in your Social and your emails and you know so that you're repeating mm-hmm. that message. Yes,
1: yes. Like consistency and repetition are so important in marketing. Um, it creates uh, likability. It creates trust. You know, and so you know if you have like sort of one vibe happening in your entire email sequence, and then you have this sales page that's like doesn't really match up, it's going to create this like dissonance in people, and they're not gonna they're not gonna be as necessarily willing to like click that buy button
0: yeah and sometimes there are those un like i don't know if this is the right word inexplainable unexplainable i don't know what the right word is reasons why people don't buy and it could be this because people sense something weird they don't know what they're necessarily responding to and then they then they might like it might they just turn the other direction even if they yeah. actually need what you're selling
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, weirdness definitely is a turnoff. (laughs) Something's weird about
0: this. And yeah,
1: people don't want to feel uneasy when they're spending money. You know, yeah, Um, Yeah, that's a really good point.
0: That's a really, they want to feel
1: secure. They want to feel like, you know, they're making a good decision. And so you just want to set it up so that they can feel that way. You know, and I think sometimes when we talk about, like, buyer psychology and all of that kind of stuff, people are like, ew, that doesn't feel good. But, like, I'm going to guess if you're listening to this and, you know, if you're in this sphere, like, you're not out trying to swindle people. Like, you actually care and you are trying to provide something that helps people. So yeah. we want to just make sure that those people feel comfortable getting the help that you have to offer.
0: Yeah, for sure. You don't want to freak people out before they're yeah. actually- before they're yeah. actually working with you and then you can go crazy. No, just okay. they're like, dang it. I didn't know that. Um, sorry, I'm getting a little bit crazy now. But um, <laughs> but I love this. I love this whole conversation, Christine, and I could talk probably for maybe another hour on all of this. <laughs> but I, I want to make sure that anybody who's listening to leave your copy con questions and comments in the show notes today I'm going to make sure that Christine gets those and I have a feeling you're going to see Christine again even though she doesn't know yet but I'm gonna we're gonna make sure that she she comes back to us and and we do a follow-up episode at least together Um, if you're open to that Christine yeah
1: I would love to absolutely
0: (laughs) Um, and then in the meantime definitely check out Christine's the sales copy workbook that she's got up on her site and that's gonna be all in the show notes but if you know what is that url uh, offhand yeah you know it,
1: it it is christine com forward slash five like the numeral steps okay
0: perfect and then visit her over on instagram f- her full name that's it right there's yeah. no yeah. numbers after it and yep. that's it i guess for today i mean i think i think I'm ready to kind of dive into my next sales page right now. Awesome! (laughs) Um, Because I didn't, I wasn't actually thinking I was ready to do it, but I think Mm -hmm. I am.
1: I think you are too. You're ready. (laughs) All of you listening, you're ready. (laughs) You're
0: you're ready. So again, thank you so much for joining us, Christine. You know, one other thing before I go, really quick question. Two questions. One is really super non-copy related and one is copy related. What? Do you have any resources or anything like books that you've read that you just really think are really great for this whole, not even just buyer psychology, but anything doesn't even have to be a copywriting book, but some book that really you think that the listeners might like?
1: Yes. Okay. And this is, this is not a copywriting book, but it is a writing book. It's called The War of Art. It's by Steven Pressfield love and this. he's an, he's a writer, he's an author. And this book is all about, it's short. It's like short, easy to consume little uh, chapters. And it's all about the struggle of basically how like sitting down to write. And it's something that all writers face. And I know it's something that we touched on here, like kind of the struggle of just sitting down to write the page. I lo- I recommend this book to everyone. And I like, I just love it. I read it all the time because it, he's just so brilliantly like portrays and gives inspiration for this, this struggle that so many of us have to like really just sit our butts down and do the writing. So I highly recommend you check it out.
0: I love it. And I love that one as well. I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. Um, okay, so the random question. Okay, what is your favorite
1: food? <laughs> Um, good question. Uh, we'll see. Favorite food. Guilty pleasure, not healthy. Oh, okay. Guilty pleasure. (laughs) Um, I would say like, it's definitely like, I like, I love creamy things. So like ice cream or like you know, chocolate pudding, <laughs> oh my God, I love um, it. <laughs> something like that.
0: Awesome. So can we if you if we know that you're writing a sales page, are you likely having like a like a pudding or a bowl of ice cream while you're doing it?
1: Uh, sometimes I might be <laughs> I might be I try to make it like, you know, I'll make like avocado pudding. or something. Yeah, you'll <laughs> have like your avocado toast
0: that. and your your perfect entrepreneurial coffee next to you. So you can do like yeah. an Instagram story. Anytime.
1: Of course. Of course, with like the the ice cream bowl like shoved off yes, to the side. So exactly. Can't eat it. Yeah,
0: that's me. No, I'm kidding. I I'm not doing ice cream so much, but I I sometimes do have things off camera. That's that would be a hilarious Instagram profile to see what's really beyond beyond the side of our screens.
1: And you have a puppy. Dog. My dog. She had to chime in. Right at the <laughs> end. Of course.
0: Of course. Well, animals always respond to the sound of my voice. I actually joke that I'm kind of this weird Dr. Doolittle or something. That's
1: hilarious.
0: So, okay, Christine, that's it for today. Thank you so much again for joining me. And um, we will talk to you very soon. I'm sure.
1: Thank you. Yeah, okay. so much.
0: All right. Thank you so much for listening today. If you have any questions whatsoever for Christine, because I know you have some, and we even had a longer conversation after I stopped recording, but you can head over to annesamoylov.com forward slash 184 and ask away. Again, All of the links that we mentioned today, including Christine's sales copy workbook, which is an amazing, very simple, get started way to start practicing writing sales messages. I highly recommend going to download it right now. But these are five steps to copy that stands out and sells. So get your buns over to annesamoylove.com forward slash 184. Download that grab all the other resources, and I will talk to you soon. Again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And if you're not already subscribed, not already getting that notification in your, in your smartphone podcast app, then make sure to head over to iTunes and subscribe today. Take care and I'll talk to you soon.